Welcome, and thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Thunder Smash. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Carlos. I'm Joe. I still beat you. Oh, I knew you were going to beat me. I wanted to just make it concise. Oh, you didn't want to have like the natural flow of conversation? You nah. wanted to be abrupt? I wanted it to sound like I cut. <laughs> <laughs> That's some editing right there. And this is Thunder Smash. <laughs> well, let's just do that for the rest of the podcast. Finding Ma- the truth in fiction? Yeah, that, that podcast. Oh, okay. Just uh, make it sound like we cut <laughs> in the middle of it. People are going to be... all. Everyone who listens to this podcast, all of Podcastia, is going to be a little bit put off. And that's what we aim to do here. Uh-huh. This is on the last episode. On the of very the last episode of this Just podcast. going to put everyone off. You, may, you, you let the cat out of the bag. The beans have been spilled. We spilled the beans last episode. Yeah. But this is our last episode. Which got of, like nine listens. Did it? Yeah. That's an all-time low. <laughs> Yep, still nine to this day, after six days and an hour. Huh. And it's the best one, because it's about the best movie. That's not the best movie. Macho Libre? It's the funniest one, but one of the funniest ones, but it's not the best Is movie. it wrong to wrestle your neighbor? <laughs> <laughs> it only works if you, if you say it with that voice. Gengar is not here. We're in my, my closet yep, uh, studio this time. What's that stuffed animal that I don't see that stuffed animal anymore. Sven? Oh, yeah. I think Matt won it last time. Did he take it home? <laughs> um, so, we're here on this very last episode to talk about a, a topic that we've been trying to do for a little while because we were going to try to get like an interview for it, but fell through. So here we are with research instead. And... As you can probably see by the picture that is on the website by now, mm-hmm. talking about vigilantes. I think there's an, a vigilante going to come in and shut up, shut us down. <laughs> My dogs are scratching at the door <laughs> because they hear us and they want to be a part of this conversation. <laughs> but they can't talk, so they can't be a part of the conversation. They're not allowed. Um, you know who can talk? Daredevil. Yeah, he can do that. <laughs> Can't see. He can talk. You know who can barely talk? Batman. Batman. <laughs> he's good at it when he's not wearing the cowl. Yeah. The cowl well, constricts his nose. Is he Batman? He's always Batman. Oh, that's true. I fair. And he's always Bruce Wayne. It's fair. It's the duality. Let's not talk about Batman. No? Because we've already mm-hmm. talked about Batman before. No, because you were about to say something about Daredevil. Oh, well. Also, I don't like Batman. Just, I've, I'm decided. I don't like him. You, you like him less than Daredevil, just as a, as a, a no superpowers vigilante superhero. Or Batman. Hero? Batman is like a catchy song you hear too many times on the radio. That's how I feel about Batman. Well, he has the accolade of being the smartest human on Earth. So that's what sets him above all of the other, like vigilantes. Right. But it just makes me mad that he doesn't have powers, but he can lift a thousand pounds. <laughs> and dodge uh, Stop being beams. impossible. Dodge Omega Beams and sneak around Superman. Yeah, stop that. Those three things are impossible for anyone who doesn't have superpowers. Um, but Man- Batman is not the only, quote-unquote, no superpower or superpowerless um, 
hero vigilante to grace the comic book world. You doing okay there? Yeah, I was checking this something on the other side of the mic. <laughs> on my side? Yeah. Everything's ship shape over here. Good. <laughs> um, I was going to shut you down for corruption with the other side of the mic. With, with that, uh, go- Without sub- government. Inter- subverting inter- the law. Yeah. <laughs> extra, extra governmental justice. Well, the, the actual definition that I found for vigilantism is law enforcement undertaken without legal authority by a self-appointed group of people. Mm-hmm. But I guess they can also be person. But usually you're a more effective vigilante if you have other people with you. That's true. Um, Unless you have superpowers, the strength of other people. Yeah, so you have pretty much every single superhero is a vigilante. Mm -hmm. Except for Superman when he starts working for the military. Right. But, you know, Luke Cage is is a vigilante. Um, Spider-Man is a vigilante. Uh, Iron Man is a vigilante. Even though he doesn't have superpowers, but still he he doesn't answer to anybody. And that's kind of what like Captain America's Civil War was all addressing. It's like you need to answer to some sort of like higher governing authority. You can't just operate on your own and do whatever you want. Which we've talked about the ethics of that before, but mm-hmm. this really brings it into like perspective. You know, what after after we go through this we can talk about like is vigilantism a good idea? Is it a good thing? Has it brought good things? Or I just want to it... point out in that other thing, they did work for an agency that had governmental jurisdiction. Shield? Yes. They weren't arguing that they should have, you know, oversight. They were arguing that they should have a specific oversight of an international committee. So, But Shield is kind of its own. Is that the government thing? It's It's... I think it has government authority behind it. I don't. It might be its own private thing. I forget. I don't really care about the politics of Shield. <laughs> uh, Marvel Agents of Shield cares about the politics of Shield, and that's why it's and not so a does good Captain show, America, in my opinion. Cap- Actually, I've heard it's really good. I just haven't gotten to any good parts. And I think you shouldn't have to wait for a show to get good. I agree. When people are like. Oh, this is such a great show. You just have to get through the first season. I'm like, I have to get through 11 hours of programming to get to the good part? No. <laughs> like, I'll stop a movie if it's be- if I don't like it after 30 minutes. I'm not gonna. I'm not about to watch an entire season of a show before <laughs> it starts getting good. I'll read a synopsis and then re- watch season two. But anyway, like like Arrow has whole seasons apparently that are bad. Right. I got I lost interest. And Flash, I lost interest. Yep. Um, he's another vigilante. Yep, both of them. And you have this whole thing with the cops where they're usually more interested in capturing the vigilante at a crime scene than the criminal. Like, the criminal runs away while they're like, we got the we got the vigilante and all this stuff. It's like, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is... Vigilantism goes long before the age of comics, which is what, the 40s? Pretty much. It's the age of comics started about. Yes. Uh, we've Maybe had, earlier. We've been vigilantes since, like, biblical times. That's true. Literally. Yeah. Did you see the b- biblical example of that in Genesis yeah. 34? Yep. Where Jacob's two sons go and basically kill every male in a city because their sister got raped. By, yeah. The, the prince of that city. Uh-huh. And Jacob's like, whoa, brother. brother whoa, whoa, children. <laughs> Well, first of all, I'm impressed. 
You killed every man in that city. <laughs> Second of all, I'm not even mad. I'm just. <laughs> Second of all, that was that was bad. You did a bad thing. <laughs> and uh, then the same thing, same sitch, with David's son, Absalom. Absalom, yeah. He, uh, David didn't punish Absalom for doing the same thing to someone else. No, no, no. David. Tamar. Absalom. Yeah. Oh no no Absalom's Amon. His, yeah Absalom's his a- son. David was gonna punish Amon for raping Tamar. Yes. And then Absalom killed like was like well David's not gonna mete out justice the king so I'm gonna take justice into my own hands and right. kill him. Yes. Which is less impressive than two dudes killing everyone in a city. How do you know it's just two dudes? That's what it says. It just says that it could mean like they and their men. Sure. Yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> it could. Or it could, they were also, the, the whole, like, you know, Jewish circumcision thing, um, they, they kind of played it off, because the, the prince who had, like, taken the the daughter was like, oh, Jacob, give, give her to me as a, as a wife, uh, I'll do whatever you want, and so Jacob's sons were like, okay, uh, in order for you to take her as a wife and us to be okay with it, everyone in your city needs to be on, needs to be circumcised, because this is, like, this won't because work other than it, that. Because you don't make deals. Jews weren't right. supposed to make deals with people who were uncircumcised. So the prince was like, great. So everybody got, all the males got circumcised. And then like three days later, while they're all sore, it says it in the Bible, sore, they went in and killed everybody. Okay. So that's, it's, everybody's got to be pretty sore to let two dudes <laughs> go in and kill everyone. But anyway, so that's, I, that might be the first recorded instance of vigilantism. Who knows? Also, literally a low blow. <laughs> that is a low blow. I'm going to kill you, and the last thing you're going to be thinking is, ow. Ow. The, a lot of things hurt right now. <laughs> the stab wound, among other things. <laughs> Man, that's brutal stuff. So, moving forward. In history. We also have, like, Robin Hood. Yep. He, he's another one that may or may not be a real person, have ever been a real person. We're not really sure still. We know there was a Robin of Loxley, but we're not sure if he was a vigilante. And he certainly didn't do all the things that were in the in that book that some dude wrote. Oh, like, yeah. In the, like 18th century, um, 17th century. 19th. Yeah. It's hard to know how much of that is actually real. Probably none of it. Um, would you like to take a, a trip through Vigilante Lane? Yeah. Memories from history? Yeah. Uh, oh wait, first, let's. I, I won't, this definition of vigilante incorporates a lot of things. So you got superheroes like we were talking about earlier. They're not even real. <laughs> we have lynch mobs. They're technically yes. vigilantes. Yep. And um, dueling. Someone, someone you you think that someone has committed a crime against you, and you're not about to go to the law for it. They're not going to care. So you're going to take matters in your own hands. Right. And there's just kind of a an illegal formal system of doing that. Although for yeah. a while it was legal and then it became illegal and they still did it for like a hundred years after that. <laughs> anyway, so well, all of these like lynch mobs, um, just people who go out and, and beat up criminals and, uh, and anyway, I don't want to give it away because I know we've talked about a vigil, a, a really interesting act of vigilantism Five episodes ago, several times, yeah. Um, so, which would, one were you talking about? I was talking about the one where um, 
like in that town in Missouri. Oh yeah, that's what I was thinking. Okay, the whole town. Um, like someone walked up to this guy who had he had been doing like a, he was he was a royal jerk, and he had he had, he had a kid with like people. a fourteen year old. Yeah, like statutory rape. And uh, he assaulted a guy, nearly killed him, shot a guy in the neck, um, just because he was a bully. Um, and then he was acquitted because yeah. there was no evidence against him. And then because because he he got the people who were going to testify um, not to testify because he intimidated intimidated them. them so bad. And then somebody just walked up to him in his truck and shot him in the face. Mm-hmm. And apparently there were like forty seven bystanders and nobody saw anything. Right. So technically, all those people were abetting the crime. They're all vigilantes. They kind of went outside the law. They're like the 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 vigilantes tend to think that either there is no system, the system is uh, insufficient, or it's inefficient. So either they there isn't there is no body to give deal out justice, so we have to, or they're not dealing enough justice, or they're not able to deal out justice. Mm-hmm. And so that that's kind of the mindset behind this. If it, inefficient would be they're not able to, in a timely fashion. Or do it like like this situation with his name was Kevin something, um, like the this guy was guilty. Everybody knew it. Even probably the people in the courts, like the judge and everyone mm-hmm. knew it. But they were unable to present the right. evidence necessary for the system to work, and so it was inefficient. Right now, insufficient would be like giving him a sentence and then his sentence being reduced, and then him getting out on good behavior and parole, and then he's back on the streets. And that's like, okay, that's insufficient um, justice. And then you have, like, alleged um, JFK killer, Lee Harvey Oswald, who was going to go to prison for the rest of his life, and then someone killed him. Right. Saying, like, prison's not, is is an insufficient um, punishment for him. Right. So. Um, I think there's a third one, or a fourth one, rather, where... A person is just crazy, you know, a wannabe dealer of justice. You know, they're not a cop. Maybe they respect the law, but they they want to. They're like wannabe cops. Like, um, what's his name? George Zimmerman. I feel like he is in that category. Um, well, he was a um, like neighborhood watch that took it too far. Well, that and he was on the phone with the cops, and the cops said, "Don't." go near this person, don't get out of, like, you know, don't do what exactly he did after that. So then, yeah, that would be vigilantism. Yeah, so he went uh, uh, above the law. But he was was probably thinking, As a neighborhood watch, you have no authority to, like... You're a whistleblower. ...deal out. Yeah, you're you're supposed to do exactly what he did before he approached Trayvon Martin. You're supposed to call the cops. Yeah. Um, and the guy and the cops were like, "Okay, we're uh, gonna do something about that." You don't do something about that. And then he did something. He's probably about thinking that. like, "I bet you the cops are gonna do nothing about this, so they're gonna be inefficient maybe. and insufficient." Maybe. And I'm gonna go make up for that. So maybe it was inefficiency because he's like, "This guy is in this neighborhood now, and they're not gonna get here in time." I don't know. Would you call someone who like? So say someone is stealing stuff from your house. That's in the mind of George Zimmerman. I was speaking from. Well, say someone is like in your like downstairs stealing stuff from your house. They don't know that you're there. You call the cops. They say, "Okay, we'll be there in like ten minutes." And then you go down and shoot that guy. Are you a vigilante? 
you're not according like castle law. Yeah, not according to current laws, because well, he he because you know you have the legal Frank right castle law. Uh, uh, Punisher vigilante. Um, <laughs> yeah, so according to the law, if somebody intrudes in your house, you have you know the right to deal out swift. Um, I want to read that law. Justice. Like, can you just str- like without without having to, without having to prove that you were acting in self defense, just kill someone, or do you, does there need to be a situation of self defense? Do you need to know. give like probable cause? See, I don't know. I don't know if you can shoot someone in the back, but I think you might be able to. Like, as soon as someone steps in your house, suddenly you have the legal right to commit murder on that person just because they're in your house. That uh, that seems like there there have to be more I think stipulations. You, I think you law. might have to uh, have reasonable assumption that they're there to commit crime, or there to harm you. Maybe if they're like, I don't know. I I I wish I had looked this up before <laughs> before. <laughs> well, but, it also varies state by state, so it's hard to true. say. I encourage everyone to look it up. Everyone look up any laws you're not. But also, in. literally every time you shoot somebody, even if they were about to shoot you in the face, there's legal recourse most of the time taken against you well usually it's a slam dunk like if they have a gun they pull it on you and you shot them that's a slam dunk case but pretty much every time there's legal you're gonna have to go to hoops you have to jump through and you're gonna have to fill out paperwork yeah (laughs) so go take us through the history of vigilantes okay so we already mentioned some really old ones and then other ones like uh, Robin Hood, and there's like stuff from the Middle Ages, like Vendetta, V for Vendetta would be Guy Fox. Yeah, Guy Fox. Or are you talking about Guy Fox? You're talking about V both, from the movie. Both is well, Vendettaism um, was like a thing, like where, like kind of like blood feuds. Well, Guy Fox was a terrorist. Are terrorist vigilantes in their minds? Sure, I guess. Um, but you could argue that terrorists aren't meeting out real justice. I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, well, vigilantes are supposed to play the part of law enforcement. And what part of law enforcement means blowing up parliament? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. That's more like war. That's If you're a vigilante, you're going to go and try to arrest the members of parliament that are responsible for the atrocities. Not kill everybody. <laughs> um... But the gold rush. I have that on my list, too. But the gold rush of vigilantism in oh. the United States. Oh, I was talking about the, the actual gold mostly rush. Mostly happened concurrently with the actual gold rush. Oh, okay. In the 19th century. Anything Wild West related is like vigilantism gone wild. If you're a vigilante, you love the 19th century. Because there's loads of examples. Because there are... Because people kept pushing west, these tiny towns would spring up with one dude as the sheriff, mm-hmm. and then you get to do whatever the heck you want because this one dude's not going to arrest, be able to arrest enough people, and he's kind of sleeping on the job. And there's only three cells in the jail, so you get to take your six shooter and deal out justice wherever you see fit. Uh-huh. And it's not like they have DNA to trace it back <laughs> to you. <laughs> That's true. Um, so. I'm looking at 19, 1862, something called the Great Hanging at Gainesville. There's, it's, I'm seeing it, a picture of it 
on Wikipedia, it's like a a drawing or like a painting of like 20, 30 guys hung from a tree. Mm-hmm. And it's in Gainesville and there's no link. And I want to know more about this. It's like, what the there's heck no happened? There's no link for Gainesville? There's, there's no, no link, link to all? this uh, thing at all. Uh-huh. Um, this is in the if you if you know more about the great hanging at Gainesville, send us an email. Send us an email. Teamthundersmash at gmail dot com. Um, but some examples are uh, the death of Joseph Smith, the um, Mormon, the, the Mormon founder, Mormonism. founder um, was killed by a mob at uh, in Illinois um, in eighteen forty four because they were they were like all. Like they were they were already in in jail awaiting trial. Um, they meaning Joseph Smith and his brother Hiram Smith. Um, Hiram. Yeah. Isn't that where like the Legend of Zelda takes place? Hyrule. Oh, okay. So like two hundred men stormed the facility, um, and shot them. They're like, okay, well, clearly. Jail is not good enough. It's too good for these people. And I'm trying to find the exact reason. Um, I'm not sure if it was just because of... Religion. They don't like the religion. or is, I think it was a lot to do with practicing polygamy. Yeah, I was going to say that. Too. Um, and I The th- Mormons were really ostracized because of that in the late uh, 19th century. And they, that's why they were kind of pushed out west to Utah. There was a, uh, was a court case... Um, where I went to the Supreme Court. And the decision is really interesting because the decision says, like, because the the court, they were trying to argue that this is freedom of religion. We should be allowed to do this. In this country, we should be free to practice our religion as it is. But then you could create a religion around whatever the heck you want to do. But, yeah. And then just make that legal under the freedom of religion thing. So the, the, the language of the decision is basically like, um, yes, we are a country that believes in religious freedom, but in in a world where you know all religions can be th- like anything, we have to have hold to a standard of Judeo Christian um, standards and Muslim, and that's not what they said. Really, they said that. Yeah. So it's interesting because it seems like. Where the religion's practices bump up against, like, state and federal laws, then that's where they kind of shut it down. Because you can make a religion about anything, and there are, like, so many religions out there. There's the, they're Pastafarians. You have the the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. And what if you say that Pastafarians, um, like, in order to please the pasta god, you have to steal from anyone that you can steal from and it's like well i need to appease my pasta god so um you need to let me express my freedom of religion and the state is going to be like no because your religious practice infringes on state law and so that seems like kind of what happened to joseph smith and his band of wives (laughs) his wives were fine his brother also died though were they fine or were, well, or were they secretly harboring resentment? They were sister wives, so. Yeah, sister wives. There's a show called Sister Wives. How is it a show and also an illegal practice? Maybe they're not actually married. It's not illegal uh, to, like, hang out. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> we're, 
we're just hanging out. <laughs> Brother Micah and the and all of these ladies. I have never watched the show. Me neither, but I can only imagine what it is. I have watched Amish Mafia though. And that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> um Okay. So continuing our walk through a terrible, terrible history of uh, scary death. Um, Bleeding Kansas is, um, I was waiting for the mic to stop jiggling, <laughs> um, is a, uh, a posse led by a local sheriff um, commanded by John Brown uh, were anti-slavery activists who killed... Um, 29 people in Lawrence, Kansas. Um, For being slaves, slavery's borders, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm all all about like being against slavery and stuff, but I'm not all about killing 29 people for it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, They that that was like one in the lead up to the Civil War, and it was cited as one of the like you know, um, catalysts for the Civil War. Um, then uh, then the Ku Klux Klan in the, 19, in the 18, in 1860s, um, 1865, post-Civil War, Ku Klux Klan were, you know, in their own minds... Um, they're vigilantes. Vigilantes. And they're not... And they're like, this guy's black, or this guy is brown, or something, and the cops aren't going to take this guy out, so the justice system has failed, and we need to step in and and take care of this. There was plenty of that, which is... Lynch mobbing. Lynch mobbing, and I, I would say that that's not necessarily... Uh, whatever. It's not, it's not necessarily, or... Good at all. <laughs> it's not, I wouldn't say it wasn't necessarily good. I was trying to think: is that even vigilantism? Lynch mob, or is it just murder? Um, but it's it's a weird. Line. A lot of these vigil- a lot of these are just murder. Yeah, it's just. Um, it's, but they, they it's were murder for a cause that isn't your own gain, right? It's, Sometimes that the vigilante holds to a level of justice that is more akin to what most people would say is just, like the the guy who killed the bully in Missouri. It's yeah, like, it's like that if, guy... if everyone agrees that this is a this is a good plan, then I'm a vigilante. But if I'm just murdering someone, then I'm a murderer. Right. And I think it's more less about agreeing and more about this overarching sense of right and wrong. This moral consensus. Yes. Which is I think inherent, not necessarily like we all agree and that's why it's right. But then you're kind of creating your own, like, ethics are based on moral consensus. No, I'm not. I'm saying the opposite of that. Well, no, the, not you, but oh. the vigilante is. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's like, oh, That's okay. exactly what's going on here, yeah. Um, but they, the, the KKK was resisting Reconstruction in the post-Civil War South, as well as being jerks to minorities. That was a soft serve. <laughs> yeah. I would classify the Ku Klux Klan as jerks. Like colossal jerks. <laughs> like criminal jerks. Like stop that type jerks. Slap on the wrist for sure, at least. S- slap on the 
slap on the ghost slap on the history (laughs) Uh, stop existing um do you have anything between that and uh world war ii um i mean that's a big swath of history it's 80 years right there i mean lynching still continue to be a thing up into the 1960s and you had you had um pogroms in like russia where just people from one Russian village would go and kill all the Jews in another Russian village. Howdy, pogrom. <laughs> we talked about that in Fievel. Yeah, we did. Um... <laughs> the pogrom's progress. Like, there's plenty of examples. They're not... Nothing that's, like, huge that I... Except like, killing really Nazis. Sticks, that's after the... Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I guess you could classify um, speakeasies in the um, 20s. In the 20s as... The Prohibition era? Prohibition era. It's not vigilant. I mean... Well, they believe that it should be legal. It's not... (laughs) It's not law enforcement, though. You're right. I'm enforcing the law that should... Yeah, you're right. It's not law enforcement. No, if somebody came in and, and, like, shut down a speakeasy without being a police officer... Or having the authority to right. do so, they would be a vigilante. Um, so, after World War II, Nazi collaborators were beaten up and killed um, for their activities um, in World War II. Um, and then what was the most... Is there one that's more recent? Yes, but it's... Also, wait a minute. The Los Pepes <laughs> was a shadowy group formed in Colombia um, in the 1990s to combat Pablo Escobar's drug oh, really? reign. Yeah. Are, is, are they in Narcos? I don't. I haven't seen... I saw one episode of Narcos. Oh, really? I bet you they're there. I, I hope they're there. It's part of the story. <laughs> um, and it's also... Los Pepes is a great name. That is pretty great. <laughs> they have... Um, there was the La, La Sombra Negra, which is... Um, the Black Hat. That's the long, that would be uh, sombrero negra. Yeah, or uh, this is the black shadow. Okay, sombre. Yeah, and they also fight uh, like huge drug cartels, like people bigger than the mob. Because I mean, in South America, the drug cartels yeah. are just like they run the countries down there. So they're um, they're like ex military and ex uh, police officers that just kind of find out where. A bunch of drugs are being stored or being moved, and then they take that, take that down. Oh, because the cops are in all the drug lords' pockets, and so th- this is where the the line gets kind of fuzzy. Right. That's we can talk about it later. That, that's almost like militia and Just, revolution. I had that written here. At a certain point, I guess a vigilante group becomes a militia if they're like constant. Mm-hmm. Um, the. The Ir the Irish like fight in the nineties and yeah the Irish National Liberation Army um, was a and and the Irish Republican an Irish Republican Socialist paramilitary group so then there you have that again like this these vigilantes become their own like paramilitary group Um, yeah so like where's the line between being a vigilante and being a civilian military. I guess goals. 
So a vigilante is trying to uphold the law where the government fails in it. Whereas a, a paramilitary or like a revolution is trying to abolish the the government because they believe that it infringes upon inalienable or higher yeah. authorities. A vigilante is rights. trying to plug the holes in a, in a, in a sinking ship. And then a, uh, a military is like, all right, new we're, ship. we're sinking this ship. Yeah. <laughs> new, yeah, new ship. I like that. Um, <laughs> um, so the, in the States, it's really, it's the, the, the vigilantism, um, like my views on it are more solidified, but in other places where law enforcement is not as prevalent or as useful or efficient, it, my, my, my views on it get kind of get blurry. Um, yeah, I would agree that there's probably a situation where it would make sense that, that, that the lines get blurred. Like as a civilian, I would be like, yes, please have vigilantes. <laughs> Um, there's a movie called The Arroyo that was like this small movie that came out recently. It was about a, um, farmer or like a group of farmers. I didn't see in the movie, um, that are on the like Texas, Mexico border and they have huge problems with the cartels. Um, and they try to go to the government to get them to like help them and protect their like land and their families but they can't do anything about it so they take matters into their own hands Mm -hmm. i think that's a gray line area like when you literally have an impending threat to you your property and your family and um the government can't do anything about it um or the government is the reason for that not in this case but in other places where like police are bullies or they're extortionists and so you need to be the police mm-hmm. to the police. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have any other examples? Um, before we delve into the, like the meat of the ethics, I say we just dive right into it. Cause I've, there are some that are like currently acting like the South African people against gangsterism and drugs. Mm-hmm. Just because the, the police force is not very strong down there. They just kind of, take matters into their own hands. So, and then you have Anonymous. I'd say they're vigilantes. They also wear Guy Fawkes masks. Right. But they rather rather than, you know, beating up or assaulting or killing people who they think deserve punishment, they, like, just financially or uh, their reputation destro- destroy, like, on a cyber level. Using those, like, ion cannons that sound way cooler than they are. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we, I don't know, look up, look up anonymous ion cannons if you want to uh, figure out what that is. But, so you, you still have these vigilante groups um, happening today. In some form or another. Mm-hmm. Anonymous is a little tougher to peg down than just a, a, a group of ex-military and ex-police officers and stuff. But, so, like, here in the States, like I was saying... Um, I mean, from in the most in most cases, I would say, yeah, let the police do their job. But you know, if I lived in Colombia or if I lived in um, Venezuela now, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. um, or Panama back in the seventies, 
or something like that. Panama now. <laughs> but um, it was worse in the 70s. I And the, the cops were... They, they were the cause of the problem or they were just in the drug lord's pockets and they were doing nothing. I'd be like, yes, please. This group of people come in and fix this. F- fix the government or at least stop petty crime from happening here because the cops aren't going to do anything. And these drug dealers are insane and they're, you know, assaulting people. We need someone to come in and take care of this. And that's why a lot of time, that's why guerrilla groups in South America get so much traction because they get a lot of public support because the governments are all um, corrupt. Mm. And so when a guerrilla group comes in, they're like, yes, please take care of this government. Um, but then the guerrilla group is rarely better than the right than the, uh, the the government. And so it's just this constant like power struggle. And it's basically who has money and the people who have the money are the people who have the drugs. And I know that's over, way oversimplifying the political situation in a lot of South American countries, but it's, I mean, it's bad down there. Mm-hmm. And so if I were as a civilian, I'd be like, you know, first of all, yes, I would like a, you know, a group of benevolent, uh, you know, enforcers of the law who aren't necessarily authorities to take care of things. I would also be cool if like Daredevil came in and started punching <laughs> all the drug dealers on my street. Or started punching all the the muggers and rapists and murderers and all this stuff. And be like, yeah, go Daredevil. High five. So, but then here, Daredevil, A, is unrealistic. (laughs) And B, um, is he unneeded? And Daredevil, that's an interesting um, show because you have multiple types of vigilantes in that show. So you have Arrow where it's kind of just Arrow's the good guy and everybody else is the bad guy. Right. But it, Daredevil, has, you've got Punisher. You know, Punisher, is he a good guy or a bad guy? Well, you are on Daredevil's side. You are you are on the side of anti-law, pretty much at this point. And so Punisher kind of puts this whole thing where it's like, I'm just doing what you're doing. Yeah. And Daredevil's like, well, I'm not killing people. It's like, well, where's the line? Like, why, why aren't you killing people? Like, I'm getting stuff done. I just took out the entire I- Irish you know, drug cartel here in, in one night and everything that you've done as you know, those criminals are back on the street and there are Batman stories that deal with this too. Batman keeps beating up criminals. He puts them in Arkham Asylum, they escape and he does it all over again. And then you have the alternate universe where Batman's father is, uh, well, Thomas Wayne, he's Batman because in the alternate universe, Bruce died Mm -hmm. and Thomas kills his enemies. So he doesn't have that many enemies. Because every time, you know, the Joker, do, the Joker does something crazy, he kills the Joker, Joker's not a problem anymore. So, and th- these shows that are kind of aimed at kids usually say, like, killing's bad, so it's good that Batman is just punching them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> same with Spider-Man. And if you actually kill someone, it's like, oh my gosh. Flash, mm. same thing. Um, so, and I, I don't agree with lynch mobs. Right. But would I have just shaken my head and looked away when somebody shot that guy in Missouri? Probably. Yeah. So I, I again, this this isn't a, this is not a black and white issue at all, um, and it's not like it's a huge, super prevalent issue, especially in the states. Not like vigilantes are running around all over the place, but there are groups that are currently out there that go and take matters into their own hands. Yeah. When the law won't. So what do you think? pretty much the same um that's 
I think there's situations where, like, either that are in remote areas or, you know, the law can't answer it. Like in the case in, like, that movie The Arroyo or in the case in Missouri. Um, What episode was that in? I don't know. Because we've said it a lot. Really? It was a whole section of the episode, so I think what our topic was about that in particular something something have some facet of that we'll figure it out <laughs> yeah um go back and listen to all the episodes to find that one yeah. so you can understand what we're talking about um but yeah i think there are certain situations where um things need to get done and people need help and you know the law um can't deal with it, especially in countries where the government is corrupt. Espe- yeah, especially. But even here, it's like at some point the the law's hands are tied. Mm. I think mostly it has to do with remote areas. So like this place in Missouri was this tiny little town and like, you know, and then the, the d- law was there, but it, it kept like missing when it came to like pegging this guy. Um, and then you have... And, the- and it wasn't even that. I, I would even disagree with... Let's say this guy did a crime and got away with it and then, like, holed up in a shack and, like, didn't didn't bother anyone. And then these people came and, you know, lynched him or shot him. Then I would say, well, that's a little wrong. Um, but if he, if he couldn't but, be but, convicted for the crime, if he had already gone through the trial and had been acquitted and they're like, we all saw it, but while we have our, like, uh, bad eyewitness accounts or something like that, right. then... But the, I, I would say, I, I don't know. I feel like we need to have a standard of law. And even though it sucks in this situation, um, you, you got you to gotta stick to that standard. But in this, in that case, it wasn't that he was just, like, you know, in his house by himself or, like, keeping to himself at all. He was continuing to, you know, harm people. He was continuing to, to be, be a, a, threat. Th- a threat to this town. So enough was too much. And they shot him. And, like, you know, you've got these, like, drifters, especially throughout the 20th century, like, just serial killers that would kind of go from city to city and, and kind of have this um, this map of killings. You see that guy, you kill him, right? <laughs> <laughs> You're a vigilante now. Or do you, or do you let the law take... Uh, I feel like if you see that guy, you can call the cops. And then what are they going to do? They can't trace it back to him. Otherwise, they would have gotten him already. Not necessarily. So, like, if... Drifters by, like, those guys, like, um, are you talking about, like, in the early 20th century when, like, a guy would, like, ride the rails, kill people from town to town and keep going? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, I think that's a, a matter of, like, it's really hard in that day and age to... Convict anyone. To find that guy because they don't have DNA evidence, but, like, once you have him, no one's no one was an eyewitness of the murders. But there were a lot of guys in those situations that the town was like, it's got to be that guy, and it wasn't that guy. So definitely, I would say, don't just straight up kill a guy. You oh, think, I'm not. <laughs> um, <laughs> you think is I, I I would say that is wrong. If you saw a drifter, thought that guy fits the bill for um, these axe murders. Um, 
that have been going on, I am going to shoot him in the face right now. It's like, no, you got to call the cops. Like uh, that John Mulaney joke. It's like, if you saw Hitler walking down the street, you wouldn't kill him. <laughs> it's like, if I saw like this 104-year-old guy who kind of looks looks like Hitler. (laughs) Or if I saw, like, Hitler as he was, I'm not going to kill an actor and ruin Indiana Jones 5. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I I agree that you shouldn't just go around killing people even if you're pretty sure that person committed a crime. Because you could be wrong. (laughs) People are often wrong. Yeah. Um, So... So what do you think about vigilant, the vigilante concept brought about by, um, like, Marvel and DC? Well, it's hard to say because those are, like, ridiculous situations. And they're also paragons. They're, like, almost infallible. They always do the right thing. And yeah. They never cross the line or any uh-huh. of that stuff. You're just like, okay, I can always trust that Batman and Daredevil and Arrow will do at least be good guys. Uh-huh. And never stray into, like, all right, well, anyone who I think has done something bad, I'm going to take down. Mm-hmm. And Arrow started by killing people, and then kind of, like, halfway through, he's like, okay, I'm going to stop doing that. But also, like, situations like where a superhero runs in, um, beats some guys up, and then there's, like, massive shooting at this guy. There's a lot of crossfire. There's a lot of situations where um, somebody innocent could get shot because of this intervention. Whereas if that same vigilante had saw this and like, um, like called the cops and they could catch them in progress, you know, that's, and they're like trained to be able to handle situations where there's a high risk of civilian casualty if we just run in there, you know? So. Well, what usually happens in those situations, let's say there's like a, a hostage situation happening. Now, Batman can go in there, throw a bunch of smoke bombs, and punch all the dudes before they can even fire a shot, which he always does. Or he can call the cops, and the cops can have this hostage war for the next six hours out on the on the outside of this warehouse. And then end up doing the same thing that Batman did, where they throw in smoke bombs and tear gas and yeah, shoot being Yeah, but maybe three people. hostages were killed in that process. Right. Like, we're going to start killing hostages right, until but you if give Batman, us our helicopter. If Batman actually did that, the exact same thing would happen. So you, right. are you so asking there, me if a... the magic of Marvel existed? <laughs> then yeah, let's do that. <laughs> yeah, if, if if Batman is able to do the things that he does, or if Daredevil really, or if the Batman arrow... went in there, he'd get shot in the face and he'd die. Yeah, well, no, he's got bulletproof. He's got anti-bullet spray. He gets shot in the chin and he die. <laughs> <laughs> they never hit his chin. His chin is invincible, or it's it's just like. It wards off. It's got magical wards on it. It's got a probably it's got magical wards on it. It probably has an electromagnetic field or something like that that just deflects bullets. Because he invented it. Because he's Batman. He has money and he's smart. Yeah, he has more money than anyone in the world ever mm-hmm. has. Right. In real life, that's like the Justice League um, commer- uh, the trailer. It's like, so what's your superpower? I'm rich. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Wait, why did you tell me that? Now I know exactly what to look for in your alter ego. Oh, no. He had already told him who his alter ego was. Oh, okay. This was, this was Bruce in The Flash. Oh, okay. And then he should have had Bruce that Wayne. voice. Because <laughs> he has a cowl on. I told you the cowl makes him make that, have that voice. <laughs> All right. So I have six um, vigilante or vigilante squads that may or may not be real. Okay. So... Uh, get four of them okay um to win the cowl (laughs) which is just the hood of a sweater i have (laughs) 
Um, Do I get to be Phoenix Jones? Dang it! I have five. <laughs> <laughs> now I only have to get three right. I didn't look that up here. I knew that from a long time ago. Okay. <laughs> Dang it. I should have let you ask that question. And then just... <laughs> okay, Although... so I have five. Unless I make one up on the spot right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, who's Phoenix Jones? Just, to, you know, so... For curiosity. Phoenix sake. Jones is an MMA fighter in Seattle who wore a bulletproof outfit um, and went and he broke up like um, an assault. He's taken on some drug dealers. He got arrested and was forced to reveal his identity. But he still kind of has this. I don't I don't think he still prowls the streets, right. but I think he's still like against drug thing, maybe. I know there's some, like, real-life ones that will wear armor and, like, carry a baton or an, and a taser, walk around and just be, like, um, call the cops if they see something. And then if, like, something is happening right then, then they'll walk up and be like, hey, I, I'm watching, like, I'm here. Like, don't, you better stop. The cops are on their way. And then if they continue to escalate violence, then he, they take stuff in their own hands, but... The difference between this guy and like Daredevil is that he calls the cops first. And I mean, we all we also do technically have the right of citizens arrest. So you know, if you see someone getting mugged, you can go and stop that as a citizen. And you're, you're I mean, it, there's the escalation of violence thing. But if you go and stop that person, you know, push the guy down, grab him, you can hold him until the cops come. And you're you're enacting a citizen's arrest, right? Which is should not be uh, go to number one unless you see an act of crime in progress, right? Um, but still, it's you know you're not te- technically a vigilante; you become part of the law there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, at what point you know when when Daredevil goes and sees a crime in in progress and then hits everyone with his baton? Is he a citizen? Is he doing citizens arrest? He doesn't arrest anyone. He just leaves him unconscious. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He's just hurting people. Spider Man wraps him up, strings him up upside down, and waits for the cops to get there. He doesn't even. I don't think he calls them. The cops just show up eventually <laughs> when they're all dead because the blood is rushed to their heads. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So here's my quiz. Okay. Number one, the Saskatchewan Saviors. They're uh, located in Saskatchewan, in British Columbia, all the way in the western part of Canada. And um, when there are in Canada, there are French Canadians that usually live in Quebec, but they're kind of spread out through the whole country. Uh, and sometimes they're assaulted, and because they're a minority and they have accents and stuff, so a lot of the times they'll be assaulted, especially in Saskatchewan because it's such a small area and hardly has any people there, no law enforcement. So these guys kind of take it upon themselves to avenge those crimes. They avenge? Like if someone has been, if like a French Canadian has been assaulted and that becomes pu- public knowledge, then they will f- find the person who did that and beat them up. They don't kill them. They just like maim and set the message out there. Are they French Canadians? No. They're Saskatchewan. Hmm. True. False. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> if I said they're French Canadians, would you have said false? I, I was actually leaning towards false just from the get-go, but 
sounded real. Oh, really? Okay, cool. Um, because can they, I should have learned with my instincts. Canadians <laughs> are too nice. They're not going to beat anyone up. <laughs> <laughs> they don't beat anyone up. Okay, number two. It's the group called Traduska. I should have also went with my gut because really it's the Canadians that are, or the French Canadians that are incredibly racist. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I don't know a whole lot about Canada. I kind of made all that up. <laughs> so, um, although I've met French Canadians and regular Canadians, <laughs> so you got the regular ones and the extra crispy ones, <laughs> and the British ones. Um, okay, number two, it's the um, French Canadians and Freedom Canadians. <laughs> You know, French fries used to be Freedom Fries. Actually, they were French fries, and then we called them Freedom Fries when they wouldn't help us in. No, it was in the War of eighteen twelve. No, no, no. It was we called them Freedom Fries after nine eleven, when one guy, one French like. Politician no, they were called was Freedom like, Fries before that when France uh, wouldn't help us in a war. Oh, uh, so what we war we have a history of calling them Freedom like, Fries, getting sticking it to France by calling our fries something else. Yeah, and our fries from Belgium. <laughs> I've had Belgian fries and they're sweet. There's like a, there's like sugar on them. Good. <laughs> Why is that good? I like I have a sweet tooth. Sure. <laughs> I don't really like French fries. Really? I'm not a huge fry man. I love French fries. It, I like a, a good wedge cut. I like a a good potatoey fry. Okay. But I don't like a McDonald's type fry. I like them stringy. Like uh, steak and shake fries. Oh. Um, like, I, li- I like just to get able- hash browns. I like to finish. Yeah, I like to have like six of them in my hand and then put them in the ketchup. Uh, and it's so good. Also, no ketchup. Also, sweet potato fries. Ranch dressing, please. Also, ketchup is so much better for you than ranch dressing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, sweet potato fries are the way I go. Oh yeah. Um, okay, you can so- dip those in marshmallow fluff. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. S- sweet potato like casserole. Yeah. Marshmallow fluff. Um, all right. So the number two group is the vigilante group, Traduska, which is a Russian group that takes on the underground uh, drug market in Russia, mostly in Moscow and St. Petersburg. Absolutely true. Absolutely not true. (laughs) What does that word mean? I don't know. (laughs) It was the first one I thought of today, and I was like, that sounds super Russian, (laughs) Traduska. That actually kind of sounds... like Spanish. Really? Traduzka. Well, if you say it like that. <laughs> it's all about the cadence. <laughs> Me llamo Traduzka. There. Now it sounds Hispanic. Mm-hmm. All right. Number three. You have the Lavender Panthers. Now, these are like the Saskatchewan guys, but they're gay. And they go against uh, gay crimes. Crimes against gay people. <laughs> they're not the Pink Panthers. Like, what's a gay They're crime? not the Black Panthers. They're the Lavender Panthers. That name is too gay to be actually real. And if, if some, so if like a gay person gets beat up or harassed, and this was a while ago because they used, back in, before Stonewall, that used to happen, that used to just be commonplace. The Lavender Panthers would pull up in a van and jump out and beat the guy up. Back when? Back around Stonewall area. What's Stonewall area? Stonewall era. Like the Stonewall Jackson, no the um, the pub in New York City that was um, it's called Stonewall. I'm pretty sure it's called Stonewall. 
in, in New York City, there was a pub where a lot of gay people would go and hang out. This kind of like their sanctuary. Now that's not a gay name at all. And then the and then the cops came to like it, uh, apparently there was a a fracas and the cops came to like quell them and not the other people that were harassing them. And then gay people from and supporters from all over the place got together at Stonewall and kind of had a organized riot. When was this? I think this was the mid 60s think and were they that's when they started the lavender panthers the lavender panthers was a, before then because the stonewall kind of started the 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 trend against um like giving more rights to them so they couldn't be just harassed in the street for being gay you could be fired for being gay back then right and you can't anymore so they came in with like masks and stuff they were anonymous yeah okay i'll say this is true this one is true yeah, I was like, I was I was worried about like, that's a really gay name, an openly gay mm-hmm. thing to do in that era, like like they could have been fired. But I guess if they're like anonymous, then yeah, and they had a van with the Lavender Panther on it, and they would find the person who did who did the harassing, and then kind of just pull up next. To I them. feel like it's so easy to find those people. <laughs> Look up the license plate. <laughs> <laughs> or you don't have a license plate and you drive away and it's in the dead of night and no, nobody's going to call the cops or whatever. Yes. You have other vigilantes who see the uh, crime and then don't say anything. <laughs> um, all right. Number four was going to be Phoenix Jones. <laughs> um, number five, Shmira. This is a group of Orthodox Jews in New York City who beat up people who commit crimes against, like, harassing Jews. No way. No. It is. Shmira? <laughs> yes, it is. It's a real thing. That's ridiculous. What should you do with a bagel? That's too <laughs> Jewish to be true. That's what you do with a bagel. <laughs> I'm going to shmira some cream cheese. <laughs> they have a badge in everything. Uh, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, so I lost. So, But there's one more. There's one more. Um... The Dark Guardian. He is a martial arts instructor who wears a bulletproof suit and beats up people. He has beats up people who sell weed mostly in New York City. How do they know? They know who he is. Mm-hmm. Was he arrested? How do they know who he so. is? He doesn't just. I don't think he wears a mask. Oh. Yeah. Sure. I kind of gave myself away. <laughs> <laughs> I should have said he doesn't wear a mask. Well, the the does. the little detail that he that he beats up people that smoke that weed. smoke weed that's not a good detail for a made up story. It <laughs> <laughs> really true. takes the fire out of it. <laughs> You're like, ah, come on, man, weed. <laughs> you know, there's an opioid epidemic. <laughs> you know, people are dying from fentanyl use, right? Um, I guess they're harder to find. The people who deal that. It's easy to find people who deal weed because it's a little bit more out in the open. Yeah. So it looks like if you go to New York City, you're probably going to find a group of vigilantes <laughs> if you ha- if you harass any minority. But would a gang be... I mean, you could there could be like a Puerto Rican gang that anytime you mess with a... Like, harass a Puerto Rican for being Puerto Rican, they're just going to come and kill you. Hmm. Just like West Side <laughs> There are a lot of Puerto Ricans in, in New York City. That's why West Side Story makes sense. Hmm. Anyway, 
So there you go. You lose the quiz. <laughs> they were almost all true. I made up two of them. The rest of them were real. Another four. Um, so I thought that was a good episode, and I thought it was a good episode to end on. We're on about episode 50, I think. 50 or 51? That'd be great if it was 50. 50? Yeah, that would be pretty awesome. It's been almost exactly one calendar year since we started. Mm-hmm. Um, our listener base was greater then. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's been fun. Thank you to all the people who appeared on the podcast. Megan, Matt, Andrew, Gavin, Adolfo. Am I missing anyone? You've made a big mistake. Bibby. Yeah. My wife. Thank you. <laughs> I made a big mistake. She doesn't listen to this. Um, um, also, uh, if you want to hear more Megan... She's got her own podcast. True. It is not for the faint of ear. It has many swear words. And and, and many blue topics. Yeah. It's the blue period. Uh-huh. Um, it's called Ono oh Lit Class. I find it entertaining and delightful. Uh-huh. Um, even though I do have to... My, my ears are not a toilet. <laughs> 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 but, um, and they're doing really well, so... Yeah. It's good to see some friends doing well in the podcast world, even if we are shutting ours down. But (laughs) you may see us on some other mediums someday. Or the same medium in a different topic. Same medium, different topic. (laughs) Uh, But thank you, all of you out there, Andrew, who have been (laughs) constant listeners to this show, giving us topics and ideas. Andrew. And And Adolfo. (laughs) And Adolfo and Brian. Brian listens. Um Everyone else are subscribers that don't listen, like my mom and Bibby. Well, my sister binges the episodes okay. every few weeks. Well, hey there, Jess. Um, so, <laughs> I, th- I thought you were looking for a, uh, a, word? a an ender. Oh, I, I, an I, ender's game. I guess a do. <laughs> yeah. Goodbye forever. Farewell and adieu, ye fair Spanish ladies. <laughs> um, until ne- in, in, until the next podcast. Sayonara and cowabunga. That's what I said that in that thing. <laughs>